Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. What comes up for you when you hear the word conflict? The first definition in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary is fight, battle, war. The second is antagonistic state or action. Even the very first definition that pops up on Yahoo is a serious disagreement or argument, typically a protracted one. This is a bit less drastic, but hardly any more inviting. So is it any wonder that certain individuals avoid conflict in their relationships like the plague? And to be told that not only do all couples, even the happy ones, fight, but that if you don't fight, there's a problem. This only doubles down on the fear. I mean, what other relationship do we have where we are told that fighting is not just healthy, but required? But what if there were another way to look at the inevitable disagreements two people, even two people who love each other dearly, will have? Well, Dr. Elizabeth Doritz Hall, Assistant Professor of Communication Studies at Utah State University and the Director of the Family Communication and Relationships Lab, is here to explain just that. So, Dr. Hall, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on the show and talking about this really important topic. You're very welcome. I'm happy to be here. So, you wrote a piece for Psychology Today called Why Conflict is Healthy for Relationships (laughs) (laughs) that tackles the unpleasantness of conflict but also makes the argument that it's necessary. So, based on the definitions that I just read... (laughs) Um, Can you expand on that a little bit? Absolutely, yes. So uh, to start, I think conflict is not necessarily synonymous with fighting. So when we talk about communication and conflict, um, we're talking more about disagreements. And plenty of couples, you know, engage in in healthier forms of conflict, um, although volatile couples, so couples that fight uh, pretty in the ways that you were describing earlier can actually be healthy. It's all about how they make up and how and what happens in the conflict. So if you're just going around and around in circles and nothing is getting solved, that's the kind of really unhealthy conflict or if one partner's trying to to fight it out and the other just shuts down. Those are two really unhealthy uh, ways to have conflict, but there are healthier ways and it turns out that when we have effective, healthy conflict, it can be really good for our relationship. So that's what I was trying to get at and writing the article um, that conflict's natural and it's a really fun topic I think to talk about with people because so many people experiencing experience it and so many people absolutely dread it um, so so trying to kind of open the doors and help them see that there are some healthy outcomes uh, can be a really good thing well because you know the truth is and and I think we're all lulled into a little bit of false belief when usually when we fall in love with our partners there's not a whole lot of disagreement there's not a whole lot of anything that could possibly be remotely be considered conflict it's like oh they know everything about me they can anticipate my every desire you know, because <laughs> i mean and part of that is because one we're spending so much time together two we're putting on our best 
behavior. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And then three, we have these wonderful neurochemicals that are like coursing through our bodies, which just you know make everything look rosy and happy and then suddenly we come like crashing down and it's like well what what do you mean you don't want to go to my mother's for christmas <laughs> yes you yeah. know or 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 why can't you put the toilet seat down or whatever the other multitudinous things absolutely are. Yeah, so um, I think what you're getting at here is as our lives become more intertwined, we become more interdependent with our partners. So this is actually one of the reasons I talk about why conflict can be so healthy. It signals that we're interdependent. And conflict only arises when we have competing goals that... Uh, these two people have that cannot be, um, you know, solved. So it signals that we're interdependent, meaning that we don't have conflict with people who, whose goals are going to affect ours in that way. So it's actually a really good thing when you get to that point in your relationship where you start to realize um, that we are interdependent, and especially when you live together, so much of your lives are interdependent. And so um, conflict can really signal that for people. So it's kind of the next step in that relationship after the honeymoon period. Right, and I really wish that more people would recognize that this is a normal developmental part of marriage. Yes. It doesn't mean you may a mistake it doesn't mean you picked the wrong person <laughs> because in reality right. no matter who we interact with you know our, our best friend our child somebody at work we're going to have disagreements we're not going to be completely oh sure that's just the way I want it and you know, but we're also not taught what to do with that and and like you were talking about earlier there are very very different ways of dealing with disagreement and that's also i think you're talking about a growth opportunity a learning opportunity to go oh this is what it's like for you <laughs> when yes. i when i disagree with you or you know, this is the way it was handled in your family, and a lot of times that's our norm. Whatever happened in our four walls growing up, well, this is the normal way of being yeah. until we find out yeah. our partner's experience is something completely different. Absolutely, yeah. We typically see our parents fighting and we don't see the resolution or we see or we never see our parents fighting because they hide it from us. Mm -hmm. And neither of those situations are the actual healthy way to deal with conflict. Right, because, you know, and, and as you said before, and I, and I personally don't like the term conflict, be, and I try not to use it because it has those negative connotations. Um, I prefer talking about disagreements. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but it's still all the same thing, and it's, you know, trying to give our children or a complete experience of what this means because even I mean our kids if you have more than one there's going to be conflict between the two of them I don't care how much they love each other I don't care how much they get along at some point in time they're going to be going at each other's you know throats and but, sure. if, but if they can see that oh it's okay to disagree it's okay yeah <laughs> it's, not it's like normal what it's part of doing. being in a relationship Right. So, yeah, I mean, and it's, it, and it is, it's such a laden thing because I don't think, I think some people do, but I'm not sure everybody really has an understanding of their own 
reaction response to disagreement. Yeah. And I think that's another place where, because I see this all the time. I see, well, you know, one person wants to, you know, get in and and deal with this and get it over with and get it done, and then the other person's like, whoa, <laughs> I need to go process. Yes, you know. getting on the same page can be really uh, one of the big challenges for dealing with conflict in healthy ways. So in the article, going back to that, you described three things that couples need to know about conflict to shift their idea. You were talking about the, the negative connotation of conflict, but shifting it from the negative to the beneficial. What are those three things? Sure. So the first one actually was what I was talking about before, that conflict signals that we are interdependent, which is really a good step in your relationships as you're trying to build a relationship with someone. But the second one is that conflict signals a need for change, right? So we often think that we're fighting about silly little things, um, Uh but... But there's actually something deeper going on, typically. So it provides us with a, an opportunity to make that change. Um, I have a colleague here, Claire Canfield, who has an excellent TEDx talk on conflict, if anyone wants to look that up. But he talks about conflict as being beautiful and a catalyst for change, which I think is <laughs> counterintuitive in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, without conflict, we can get stuck in our old ways. We could be bothered by something. Our partner could be bothered by something that we never even realized realize because mm-hmm. they don't bring it up. Um, so so conflict can be really good in that it signals a need for change and then gives us an opportunity to deal with it. The issue comes about when we don't deal with it or we don't figure out what the conflict is actually about. That is absolutely true because it's not necessarily about the toilet seat. <laughs> Right. Or the dishes or, yeah, all the common money. I mean, money is a huge um, Mm -hmm. thing that couples fight about. And a lot of times it's I think a lot of these conflicts actually boil down to respect. So is it is it that you don't respect me or trust me with the finances or you don't respect the fact that I make dinner for our family every night by helping with the dishes after? So it's a lot of times a lot deeper than just like, oh, it makes me crazy when you leave your ice cream bowl in the sink. Um, right. something it's what, it's what the ice cream bowl stands for, not just yes. the fact that it's in the sink. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And that's actually the third one. So conflict isn't always about what it seems to be about at first. It's often this lack of respect or some other threat to our ego or something that we're, um, you know, something that someone says that kind of sets off this chain reaction in your mind that makes you start thinking about other things and then that really confuses your partner because they're like well I didn't see anything about that why are you upset about that now Um, but it's because these issues especially when we don't attend to them as they come up they build over time and then we've got this kind of um, in communication we call it uh, gunny sacking so you're kind of filling up this sack with all of your complaints and then Uh they (laughs) can explode out and then your partner's like what has just happened right and then you're whacking your partner upside the head with the sack of stuff you've been collecting and they're like whoa 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 wait you know and that's exactly right well i mean and it is a challenge because i mean you talk about the need you know that conflict or disagreement can trigger a need for change and i think that's one of the things that for me when i talk to people about marriage it to me it is the biggest um thing, biggest challenge in marriage is to recognize that the two of you are different people, you've had different experiences, you have different perceptions, 
and you're trying to build a life together. So it's kind of like, now what? Yeah. It, you know, and it's and it's recognizing that it's not that it's neither good nor bad. It's an is. And can we work together to find a way through this? Absolutely. Yeah, and really listening to each other and what we actually want and need is so key to being able to work together. Because if you think about, you know, who you were 10 years ago, say you're with your partner for 10 years, you were a different person 10 years ago. People change so much and you can't always expect your partner to change with you in the exact same way. So conflict is sometimes necessary to sort of figure out where things are going and how things are different and and kind of meet each other in the middle. And I think that's a really, really good point. This is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm having a critical discussion about conflict in relationships with Dr. Elizabeth Dorrance Hall. She's the Assistant Professor of Communication Studies and the Director of the Family Communication and Relationships Lab at Utah State University. So if you're finding that conflict is a problem in your relationship, there's too much, what if you tries to avoid it, whatever, I encourage you to take a moment and send me an email or Give me a phone call and take advantage of my free, no obligation, create your happily ever after breakthrough session. You can reach me at area code 919-924-0463. That's 919-924-0463. Or by email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in Charlie.com. Because, you know, no matter what, no matter what term you give it, conflict, disagreement, whatever, it's going to happen. And the best way to deal with it is to learn how. So with that in mind, I'm getting back to the conversation with Dr. Hall Elizabeth and talking about how you can change conflict from being a negative to something to being beneficial. And so when you talk about this in your article, and talking about it being seen as beneficial, you bring in the concept of something called Conscious communication. So what is that and why is it important? Yeah, so to me, conscious communication is really connecting with our conversational partners. So we do a lot, especially with technology today, we do a lot of mindless (laughs) or unconscious communication with other people. So this is really kind of focusing back on what's important, being fully present when we're with them, really listening. I actually just wrote another piece for Psychology Today about mindful listening Mm -hmm. that you and your listeners could check out, Um, and validating others as a fellow human worthy of your time and attention and that might sound crazy like that you don't need to do that with your partner obviously that's someone you love but it is because so often we're focused on work we're looking at our laptops our emails our phones and the message we're sending whether we mean to or not is that that person is not worthy of our time even if that's the opposite message we mean to be sending so really focusing on what they're saying and being cognizant of our own message when we're paying attention or not really makes a big difference. So it's all about doing things with a much more conscious attitude, thinking about what it means and and what it's saying to the other person. And well, I, and, and you bring up something really interesting about the electronic communication um, because even 
even if we are in conversation, quote unquote, with our partners through texting or whatever, we know what we mean to say. So in our head, we're saying it in this way, with this mindset, with this tone of voice. But our partner can be receiving it in a completely different mindset. And so talking about being conscious, it's how many different ways can what I just wrote be interpreted? Exactly. Because I think this is a source, and some people will talk about that the only way they can resolve differences is through either email or texting because Mm -hmm. it gives them time to read, process, think about what they want to write, and they're not reacting, which I think is a good idea up to a point. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, it probably depends on the issue and the relationship, right? So this is someone that you live with and you spend a lot of time with and you only want to fight over email. That's a little strange. Um, although some of what I recommend about taking time and cooling down would really be facilitated by that. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could kind of make that happen without using email. So say, you know, let's take, I'm going to take a walk. I, I, this is really important to me. Um, so, so it doesn't sound like you're walking away uh-huh. and leaving things, but, you know, letting them know, I'm just going to take a quick walk around the block. I'm going to take the dog out, you know, and I'll come back and we'll keep talking about this. I think part of communicating consciously and, and being in conflict consciously is all about being vulnerable. So a lot of times we like to put up these walls, we're feeling attacked, um, but the way to cut through the fact that this this argument is not about the ice cream dish, it's actually about something deeper, is being vulnerable yourself because you can't make your partner be vulnerable, but you can offer that up and hope that it's matched. And we know that people who, when you're building relationships especially, when you disclose something, that invites the other person to feel safe enough to disclose as well. So that is a kind of a communication strategy that we can use is if we offer up our own vulnerabilities, um, especially if it's someone that loves you and you love them hopefully they'll recognize what you're doing and um you know offer up their own and really let you into their head and let them know the real reasons that they're upset when you really let them know the real reasons you're upset um then you can try to see the issue from your partner's point of view so we've you know we've heard this a million times try to you know be in the shoes of the other person that's really hard especially if you don't know what's going on in their head and we think we know our partner so well Uh but a lot of times the reason there's conflict is because there's something we don't know. So, you know, trying to make a safe space where you can both share is, is really important. Well, and it's interesting that you talk about knowing or believing that we know what's going on in our partner's head because then, of course, that brings up the word assume and the very famous <laughs> expression that goes along <laughs> yeah. with that. Because, you know, and, and sometimes we even believe or have convinced ourselves that our partner is going to react in a specific way and so and so you know we come armed to the conversation because well I know my partner is not going to like this so I need to you know armor up <laughs> because yeah. and and I and I do think that in response to what you were saying about we can't force our partner to be vulnerable, which I agree, but we can certainly invite them to be vulnerable by how we react when they share, when they share something about their feelings. And I love that the fact that you talked about it being a form of respect. 
Yes. Because the fact that you experience this interaction differently than I do, for me, is a given, but... But but not for a lot of people. But it, And it's respectful to say, you know, I get, I understand that this is the way that you're taking this. And by the way, when I say that, it doesn't necessarily mean I agree with you. It just means I'm acknowledging right. it. Right, um, right. It's it's validating that their feelings and, and what they're going through is 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 valid and human and worth your time and, and your energy. And, you know, and, and I've had this conversation before because my viewpoint is, is that while good, having good communication skills isn't going to be, you know, it's not the magic pill for a, a marriage or a relationship, but if you don't have good communication skills, the rest mm-hmm. is a lot harder. So I've talked about this a lot and, you know, I keep having people on because I'm just hoping that somebody will say it differently and people go, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, this idea of slowing down, taking a break, getting our brains involved all sounds really good. But how the heck do you do that when you're like all head up in the heat of the moment and you've just and I'm just really upset? <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, I I teach this for a living and I research this and and when I'm in my own conflict in my relationship, I just have to try and remind myself of all of these things because when you're in the moment, your your hot system is engaged. You're not thinking very rationally. You're thinking, you know, um you're upset, you're hurt and it's it's painful. Um you know, we're reactive and quick to respond when everything we've learned is to slow down and take your time and think about what you're saying and think about the other person. So I think there's a couple things we can do. Um, one is our awareness of that cool system that we want to be in. Uh-huh. Um, so that when we're in that cool system and we understand the importance of it, we can be much more mindful of what we're saying and what our partner is trying to say to us. So taking that dog walk or whatever you can do to kind of cool down. Uh-huh. Um, also, like like I've been saying, don't assume you know why your partner's saying what they're saying. Ask good questions. So trying to think of, of powerful, useful questions that can get at the deeper meaning or get that vulnerability um, out there and make them feel comfortable to be vulnerable as well. Yeah, I use use two points. I I always recommend being curious Mm. or being confused. (laughs) It's like take a position of, I'm really curious about this or, you know, I'm confused about something. Can you help me understand? And then I think yeah. that that's kind of a, oh, okay, <laughs> as opposed to, yeah, so why do you think that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly, without without trying to interpret it for them. I think that's a dangerous thing we can do is say, like, oh, you mean this. That's not letting them have the space to to tell you what's really going on. That's you interpreting their feelings for them, which can be even more painful. Right, and even more disrespectful. No, you yeah. don't feel that way. Excuse me. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then I think just the last point I have about that is that we have to be motivated to do this. This is not easy. So it's easy to get into conflict and just yell at your partner and bring up all the terrible things they've done before. It is way harder to be careful and intentional and conscious in the way that you communicate. So all of this is great to know, but it's only knowledge until you're motivated to put it into action. So make sure that that you think about all the reasons why it's important to take these steps for your relationship. Which is why it's a really good thing to learn it early. We can learn it at any point, but I think learning it early makes it a little bit more likely that it will continue. But what, 
Because here's something that I run into all the time. What if I'm or, you know, I'm I'm the person and I'm practicing all these skills and I'm consciously communicating and I'm really being careful, but my partner or, or I just or I decide that, you know, now is not a good time. I want I need to go take the dog for a walk. What if my partner keeps going? What do I do then? You know, that's a good question. I think you can only change yourself. There's no way you can get your partner to, you could, you could teach all of this to your partner. Um, I'm not sure what kind of effects that would have. My husband, you know, being married to a communication professor is an interesting case. So he knows a lot of this, but, um, yeah, I think you just have to do as much as you can and and show that respect and, and hope that that respect is reciprocated. And if it's not, maybe the relationship isn't, you know, the healthiest relationship for you because respect is so important in a relationship. And I think the other thing is understanding that this whole thing is a process. So it's not like the next fight you have, you can just implement all of this and everything's going to be fine. Right. It's going to take a long time. Um, and it's, it's not something you can check off of a to-do list this is a lifelong you will always have conflict with Mm -hmm. people that you love that's how relationships work so understanding it's a process and it takes time and and is continual is important well and i i actually have a couple of down and dirty rules that i try to have people um follow is one don't start a serious conversation about a disagreement after eight o'clock at night (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a good one you know and and sometimes i i recommend people make an appointment you know i talk about having a set time once a week where you're going to you know this is this is the time that we bring disagreements to the table um because then i know okay 10 o'clock on saturday morning is the time so you know you pick a time when you're rested and you can be like you said be present and not yeah. be distracted by you know whatever's going on you know somebody else you know somebody may have had a bad day at work or they've got a problem at work or something's gone with the kids and and i i'm not prepared to talk about it now absolutely that's a great idea you know and 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 i like the idea although it's probably a little scary for a lot of people when you say that this is a lifelong process <laughs> yeah. no i want to master it now um you know, and and i think that one of the things that people don't realize and i and it's why i feel the need to keep talking about this is the damage that can be done by not learning to do this well because mm-hmm. it really isn't the the dish and the ice cream dish in the sink. It's the fact that I feel disrespected, right, or whatever that is. And I think that the respect, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I really do think that that is what holds relationships together. A lot of people think that it's love, and I'm all for love, and I think love is fantastic. But I'm not sure you can love somebody without respecting them too. Yeah, absolutely. So is there anything else you'd like to share about this process, um, about how people can can get better at it? (laughs) (laughs) I would say, you know, practice as much as you can. Don't be afraid of conflict. I'm a longtime conflict avoider. I really hate watching other people have conflict especially. But the more I learn about conflict and research and teach about it, the more I recognize that, like my colleague says, it is kind of beautiful, as uncomfortable as it makes us. It is a unique 
phenomenon in communication where two people are having these conflicting goals and something has to be done about it. There's a problem that needs to be solved and um, there are ways to solve these problems where, you know, it's not always rosy like everyone wins, but it doesn't have to be that both sides have to walk away miserable. There are kind of creative ways you can deal with it and listening and understanding what's really going on is going to be key to getting into that deeper, those deeper reasons and getting into a good solution. Um, yeah. So practice, you know, read about it as much as you can and, and yeah, just try and be present and be calm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's and I'm I'm one of these people who gets hot very very quickly. Yes, and then I kind of explode, and then I'm fine. Uh-huh. And some, but unfortunately, I've I have learned over the years. In fact, my husband actually said to me one time, he said, um, "When you get upset, could you please not take a flamethrower to everything in your path?" <laughs> and, oh well, and luckily, he said that at a time when I was open to hearing it, and I okay. and I and I said, you know. He's got a point, and and it wasn't always him that I was taken out in the process. I mean, it would be anybody who happened to be around me would just be, you know, it's like, whoa. And I thought, well, this isn't really very productive, and people aren't going to want to be around me if I'm like this. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a great learning opportunity to learn about yourself, for sure. Yeah, sometimes sometimes not so great. I mean, I once had an out-of-body experience just screaming at my children, kind of like standing outside myself going, okay, Leslie, you know this isn't effective. What are you doing? (laughs) Stop. So, I mean, I just want to let people know that even those of us who know how to do this sometimes fail. Absolutely. But but we have to, it's like we have to get up on the horse and get back in the game. So, um, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on the show. Can you tell people where they can find out, you read more of your articles, find out more about how to communicate in a more positive way and look at conflict as being beneficial, not painful? Yes, so you can find me on Psychology Today. I write for a blog there called Conscious Communications. You can search for that or search my name. I'm also on Twitter at eDorrenceHall, and you can find me on my website at www.dorrencehall.com. Terrific. So getting good at communication, at dealing with the inevitable, inescapable differences between any two people is a skill and it's something that you really can learn and master through practice so you can either let conflict erode your relationship or as we've talked about today you can approach it from a more positive perspective so the question is is more harmony and understanding in your marriage worth it i sure hope so so until next week stay loving 